We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This thing on? See, now I'm getting mad. Because it's getting ready to be on. I want my whiskey to bite me a little bit. This is the kind of psychopath that I hang out with. I got beat up outside of a Denny's. The Rockpile Report with Buffalo Bills season ticket holder, Drew Gear. He likes to get in the ex's nose. Something I can't do with this podcast because I drink too much. Chris Kruger. My rollerblading blonde mohawk producer. The pettiest, hardest drinking Bills podcast. I'm an adult. I know what I'm about. This team has not committed significant capital to the position ever. Usually when you hear a fan say that, Schofield, like it's hyperbole. It's me being like, well, it's been five years since we took a flying run at that. Dawson Knox was drafted in 2019. It was the highest drafted tight end since Kevin Everett in 2005. As a third round pick, Kevin Everett, like that whole story, that was tragedy he was the second highest since the Bills spent pick number 61 on Lonnie fucking Johnson with the 25th pick in the 2023 NFL draft the Buffalo Bills select Dalton Kincaid tight end Utah welcome everybody to another edition of the Rock Power Report podcast Mirost. Bill season ticket holder Drew Gear. That's my producer Chris Krueger. To my left, WGR 550's Nate Geary, and that was uh, a mashup of Roger Goodell and yours truly, Chris <laughs> Dalton Kincaid. The Bills did it. Yeah, I mean, we'll, Nate, we'll am get I into just a, it. am I just bad luck? Just generally speaking, or? just generally speaking, yeah, like, yeah. like, am I bad luck, Schleprock? Like, when I say things about the draft, they're always wrong. From Josh Allen to Reuben Foster to yeah. it, it, it's Ruben it's gone. Foster. Like, it's a part of Rockpile Report lore. It's one of the things our fans love the Being most. Wrong is how wrong that I can be about the draft. I love the fact that I'm telling our mutual friend Mark Schofield that, ah, but the Bills they never invest in this position. Well, egg on my face. You? Me? No. Guys, we're here. A tradition like none other. Nate Geary in studio for our 2023 NFL Draft Recap. Nate, a little bird told me 
In fact, it was the Twitter app, and it was It was you. literally a little bird. It was literally a little bird. Yeah. Taking a little sabbatical from Saturday radio, huh? Yeah, just Saturdays. Okay. So so it's just one of them things <sighs> if you feel like it's time to, I don't know, relax? Pass it on to the next guy. For a day? Let, uh, let some of the young guys over there at GR get an opportunity to work on their craft, do their Saturday show. I've been doing it for... I've been waking up on Saturday mornings to go to the station uh, every Saturday for... You know, the better part of 10 years. So um, when you work seven days a week uh, and you would like one day to yourself for four months, uh, Saturday was the logical day to take for myself. And that's what I'm going to do. And I intend to golf frantically on Saturdays. I intend to wake up at 9 a.m., 10 a.m., maybe start drinking. Uh, Yes. You're the drinker. I always knew it was in there. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've, I've consumed several in this basement alone, uh, not to mention Chris's Kitchen, um, which is where I think a majority of the drinking on this podcast, you know, I, this, 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 this basement has several years to try to catch up to Chris's Kitchen. Yes. And just yeah. in terms of alcoholic beverages consumed. Oh, 100%. Yeah, we got a, we got a ways to go. Uh, we just, we weren't as classy back then drinking, you know, mooseheads, but no, now, no. now we've got Montucky. Yeah, now well, we've got Montucky Cold Snacks, the official beer of the Rock Bell Report podcast. Drew, I, I also made you a cocktail. I is, made it for myself as well because I have never had it. Is it the smoky one again? Nope. Oh. This is uh, Nate, Drew's going to dive into smelling want, it and I want you to take looking a sniff at it and take a whack of that and let me know what I'm getting into. Just on a, you can score it on a scale of one to ten. By your face. It's pretty good. That's <laughs> pretty good. I've yeah. never had this. I, got, I It's like it's like it was sort of if like liquor was like a ruby red. Well, I was gonna say because I smell grapefruit. I smell grapefruit on this thing already. That's quite good. Really, it's, I like the smell of it. It's obviously a clear liquor. It's not bourbon. Uh, you could see chunks, particles. Is it gin? Which means it might be a mash. I don't know. I like that. It's really, really good. God, gin it feels Damn. like a gin. It feels like a gin drink. It has the spice of a gin. Yeah, because rum doesn't have that pininess to it. Neither does vodka. I'm thinking of other clear liquors. Tequila has more of a bite. Chris, oh, I like this. This yeah. is very good. What is it, Nate? Uh, since you haven't been here most of the off season, where I've been making cocktails every week for Drew, because he looks like a fruit to, when he does it, and I just want to fight him. No, fair. This is the best part of Drew building up. To what the actual cocktail is, because you're wrong by a mile. Yeah, yeah, right. right. You're wrong by a He's mile wrong, on yeah. all of these ingredients. You're like, oh well, it's not bourbon. It's bourbon. <laughs> I <laughs> smell grapefruit. Amazing. <laughs> I smell grapefruit. There's no grapefruit. This is. It's called a bourbon renewal. It is two ounces of bourbon, an ounce of lemon juice, a half ounce of creme de cassis, ango bitters, and a quarter ounce of simple syrup. I was way off. I was way off. <laughs> this is really good. It is incredible. It's fantastic. I would not. I also would not have guessed that was bourbon in there. No, and you're it, a whiskey guy. I'm a whiskey guy. You yeah. are a whiskey guy. Well, probably what it is, it's the two ounces of bourbon to the ounce of lemon juice. Yeah. So it probably throws it off to where you can't tell. Yeah, I, I and then definitely you have, got a ginny taste to that. Yeah, and then you have like seven of these, and then you wake up face down in your kitchen. Again? Yeah. <laughs> so... 
here's here's where if we're recapping the NFL draft, the reason we're, we're here, yeah. I guess that's why we're here. Yeah, I have to start with where my night started. You know, I'm on my way to Doug's house. People who watch the show know, watch it, listen to it. They know Doug. Doug will be back. I can't wait to have him back in studio. But I'm on my way to Doug's house for his draft party. Chris was there. Iman was there. And I'm driving to the store to buy some beer for the party, and I'm listening to WGR. Hmm. And it's Nate Geary and the boys, as I call them. This, like, is, this is night of draft. Night of draft. And you guys are sitting there, and you're talking about, like, I don't know, like, like I'm listening to you all chortle about how, whoa, in days past we would have had, like, pizzas and wings and subs. Today we're all eating salads. First, I didn't eat salads, by the way. First of all, no, you didn't. Instead, what you did was you ate a pretzel the size of a goddamn steering wheel. Eight pounds. An eight-pound pretzel? An eight-pound pretzel. <laughs> Courtesy of the delicious, delicious Beltline Brewing Company. Uh, by the way, fantastic beer, even better food. Have you been to Beltline? No. Go to Beltline. I have been to Beltline for lunch with my lady. The French fries. Yes. The French fries. The you, French fries. You go to the. You go for the French fries. And like very rarely do people make good steak fries. They double cook them, which is really important. Yes. Really, really important. You get the crisp on the outside. You get that soft. But then the 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 seasoning that they get they throw on there. But listen, one of the best and most underrated chicken wings around. Real because of the sauces that they throw out. They got an all dressed wing, you know, like all dressed chips. Ooh. Super unique. They do uh, their seven one six. Their hot sauce, not Frank's. And anytime you're going to come across a place that doesn't just do Frank's hot sauce in Western New York, it's a place to go. Um, but they're they're chicken fingers, hand breaded right before they throw them in the fryer. Fantastic. Just a big shout out because they 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 gave me an eight pound pretzel to bring to the draft, and it was it was from Bread Hive, which if you know Bread Hive, it is very high quality pretzel. Um, yeah, I, I ate a lot of that instead of eating my, my Caesar salad that didn't really yeah, look good. So. Yeah, I was going to say, you dickheads on the radio talking about your salads. I was like, I'm so well, mad at Nate right the now. Well, the funny, <laughs> so the funny, the right running now. joke of the draft was that the year prior, last year, we had Taco Bell as a primary sponsor. So we got a $250 Taco Bell gift certificate between oh, five guys. Oh, no. Guys. So you had to ingest. Three days. <laughs> the first day, the first day I ran to go get the Taco Bell for everybody. I, I mean, everything I could get for five guys. There was so much leftover food the first night. I spent $70, 70. <laughs> where I was like, guys, there's no way we're spending this whole 250. We didn't even get close by the, by, by Saturday. My guts were so scrambled. I'm like, guys, I can't do any more. I literally Taco Bell. can't eat any more fast food. inducing spraying. tacos. Yeah. Well, this is it. It's, it's literally like there's think about, think about it like this. There are people who spend hundreds and hundreds of dollars on those cleanse cycles thing. You when all you got to do is spend seventy dollars on Taco Bell, you're good to go. Seventy dollars on Taco Bell, you're good to go. go. You want you want you want a complete body reset, internal intestine reset, T Bell. So if we're talking about the draft itself, biggest surprises. Obviously, the Will Levis slide is probably the biggest and the most unfortunate because you just you feel bad as a human. Yeah, did you see that that interview he did before the draft where he's like, the one thing, my worst nightmare of the draft would just to be, you know, falling no, and sliding. He's no. like, well, they asked him if he was going to go to the draft. He's like, well, only if I feel like I'm going to be, you know, like a for sure first rounder. The last Fuck. thing I want to do is be at the draft and, and have like that Aaron Rodgers, Brady Quinn thing where, you know, the camera's on me for the entire time, which is what it was. It's unfortunate. I, at the same time, I never had fantasies of him being a top, a top pick. No, he, he was but... the victim of... 
some Reddit rumors and the betting markets that all of a sudden turned him into a plus 400 favorite to be the number two pick overall. Not his fault. Hey, Chris, uh, how about the uh, the Packers taking a third round kicker? With all due respect, and remember, I'm saying with all due respect, that idea ain't worth a velvet painting of a whale and a dolphin getting it off. We made fun of the Jaguars for doing this not that long ago. Would they take a punter? I think his name was nope. Legatron. They were like, we're going to take the Jags? It. The Jags took either a punter or a kicker. No, I think you're thinking of Tampa when they took Aguaro. No, 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 no. This precedes that. Oh. It predates that. Oh. I remember when Jag, the Jaguars did it, and there's a guy in a Jaguar shirt just going... What? Why? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I do. I, I do. I know the meme. I know the gif, or, or the gif for those participating at home. Uh, so that th- that was always fun, right? When you watch a team go, "Hey, we'll Sebastian Janikowski this thing and just pray that he's great." Sea bass baby. H- how'd the Aguayo thing work out? Didn't it? Didn't it? It didn't. Tea bass baby though. Hey, how'd that Jaguars thing? Like it didn't. The Packers were just so sick of Mason Crosby's old ass that they were like, "He's old. We he's need- old." But but we'd feel bad firing you any other way than drafting a overdrafting a kicker just to drive it. Packers home. had an interesting draft. Two tight ends, <laughs> a kicker, a kicker. I like I do like Lucas Van Ness though. It's, I think that was a good pick for them. I bet you. If we, Can I point something out? Yeah. Sure. If you watched last week, got that pick correct in my mock draft 1.0 that took me four minutes to to do. I think this. I took. I, it took me three hours to do my mock draft, and I got one pick right. Yep. The number one pick. Yep. R- wow. I got more than you. Three hours. Tons I got of research. More than you. I did comparative research. I went to the people that I believe to be the smartest mock draft. Now you can't. You 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 can't predict trades, and that's hard. But like one one day one Geary one day when I've won the Powerball. And I have that half bill, right? Like that half bill Powerball sure. money. I will get a small group of people together. And we will travel the country like Jay and Silent Bob at the end of the movie. Jay and Silent Bob Strike yeah. Back. With just copies of people's mock drafts. And I will show Ooh. up at your home and I will heckle you and maybe give you a wedgie. Just because. I'm going to be like, you're going to put that out there for internet consumption? All right. It's well, funny you there's say real that. world consequences. It's funny you say that about winning Powerball uh, because, you know, I could actually use a rich friend because I, I've, I've actually I've had this conversation with a buddy today. I, I don't have a really rich friend. Most of my friends are either as poor as me or slightly better off, like you guys. Um, everyone deserves to have one really rich friend. I've, I've got, got a couple. I, I've I'm got 31. One. I don't really have I, one. Mine plays for the Bills. <laughs> I've got a couple. Touche. I've got a couple. They've got they've got cash to burn. I'm constantly trying to convince Greg Thompson that he needs to invest like Shark Tank style. Invest in my idea. Sleeveless shirts. Sleeveless dress shirts. Like Tailored. nicely trimmed, like untucked. Untuck it. Except the sleeves cut off so that when I go in the boardroom and I have my jacket on and I'm trying to give a presentation and I feel like I don't have your attention, I rip the jacket off and show you the guns and all of a sudden I have your undivided attention. I command authority in the room now. So I'm going to do the thing that usually you do, uh, which is to get back on task and transition back because that's a terrible <laughs> idea. It's just an absolute, no wonder Tom said doesn't take you seriously. Uh, biggest surprises also, is anyone shocked that the uh, Jets fans in attendance booed the Make-A-Wish kid? Over their pick? Did anyone notice that? The Make-A-Wish kid made a pick. 
and they booed him. They booed Santa. No, that was Philadelphia fans. That was Philadelphia fans. That was Philadelphia fans. Jets fans in attendance who didn't like the pick booed. It's a Make-A-Wish kid. This is why no one likes New Jersey. This is why you're all terrible thank people. You, thank you for saying New Jersey, too. Oh, Important. It, it's New Jersey all the way around. Important, because New Yorkers are Giants fans. I'm literally reading off my phone my drunken draft night notes. Um, guy with a mullet in the background when Dalton Kincaid is drafted who couldn't find the hat. Oh, Couldn't find the hat. You had one fucking job, well, which actually, based on your hair, like I look at a man, and I I judge you by your hair. Now looks you, like we're pretty good. You Chris. have good hair, Chris. You have good hair. You must have a decent job because if you worked at Burger King, you wouldn't walk around with that. Hair. I was going to say we must have uh, one tenth of our weight be below our waist. <laughs> All right, Chris. <laughs> yeah. Am I right or am I right? This, this yeah. Is what I'm talking am I right or am I right? You're right. W- what I'm saying is, with good hair comes expectations. But when you have a mullet, there are no expectations. Because for all I know, you wrangle gators for a living. And yep. sure enough, that guy, when Dalton Kincaid gets drafted and the camera focuses on him, all you can see is some mulleted idiot in the background shuffling through hats like, oh my God, where, where's the Bills hat? My it's job, like, my job that I wasn't, that I was literally tasked to do, I'm supposed to do, and I didn't do it. And the thing was... It's not like you didn't have thirty seconds. How long does it take to find a hat? It was also in the it, like the literally last hat that he grabbed. He <laughs> went through thirty one hats just to find the Bills hat. Uh, can we get to to well, my then, can we get to my my portion of well, the uh, what I was of the draft is, party? What I was going to say is Chris at one point. Now, mind you, we're in a room full of COs, like. A corrections house, officers. A house full of corrections officers. Can it, why don't you let me just take it from here? Yeah, and then you grab okay. me another Montucky. Yeah, or a juice box. We have juice boxes. Why don't you available. grab me one of each? That way, I'm forced to drink quickly. So Philadelphia is up, and that's the theme of the show. Philadelphia is up at nine, and they pick Jalen Carter. Oh my god! And he's walking to the podium, and I I say to Drew, I go, hey, check it out. The Philadelphia Eagles just drafted uh, Grimace, and I didn't hear the name, so I turn around that. and see him in his purple. So, like, look at that! Yeah. <laughs> Right? <laughs> Gary, did I nail it or did I nail it? You absolutely nailed it. It's just one of those things where when someone... Yeah, that makes sense. He wouldn't have got the reference. It's not like he has a kid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Eagles drafted Grimace at nine. I died, and there was multiple people in attendance who were offended, which is perfect. That's how, about, how about the little center room that they were at, the little vestibule that they were going into to take pictures in front of that mirror? Yeah, that's weird. It was weird. Yeah. Well, I've uh, been to that place. That's in. I went to Kansas City in the summer. Great place where they held the draft. I'll say this: most anticlimactic part of the draft, just to get this out of the way, lack of player trades. All week long, no player trades. about trades. Derrick Henry and all these guys. Derrick Henry, D Hop, Jerry Judy might be up for deal. Like there was a lot of guys who were supposed to go. You guys spent a ton of time talking about the Hopkins trade. Oh, it's it's breaking news. The Titans are trading, and then ba 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 ba. And then I watched the draft, and literally a lot of trades, but no player trades. No, and then you look at like if Hopkins might be the most anticlimactic of all, because he's been rumored to be linked to all these teams since March first. And then every contender who needed a wide receiver got one. Just in some in some way or another, got a pass catcher. Kansas City second round, they go get Rasheed Rice, a tall possession receiver with speed, and they spent a second rounder on him. Buffalo goes first and fifth for big physical targets for the quarterback. Mm -hmm. 
Baltimore spends $15 million on OBJ and then spends a first-runner on Zay Flowers. You just spent a first on Rashad Bateman. You're not, like, you're not shying away from that now. No. You you made your bed. Hopkins, high-end talent. Did I guess the question is, did Arizona overplay? Because I get it, like, they might have played hardball. Did they overplay their hand here? I think Monty Austin Fort is desperate not to lose a trade. Listen, they've had some bad PR. They had a great draft. Arizona had a great draft. They got tons and tons of picks for next year. They got Houston's first round pick next year. And let's be honest, that's going to be Which a top five, top seven pick. Which is crazy. But, and like on GR today, they were talking to Chopin Bulldog. We're talking about, is there ever a point where a commissioner could just step in like they do in fantasy and veto a trade? Be like, that's stupid. You, yeah, you shouldn't be allowed. It to wasn't do. a good. It, it's tough because they end up with the second and third pick. And I thought they got the second in sixth or seventh best player in that draft. And when you can get two top ten players in any draft, I think it's a win, but what at what cost? I've watched Will Anderson all through college as an Alabama fan. I don't understand. He's this was this was this was not a good draft, by no. the way. This was not really the draft you wanted to be trading up and, and back back into the top two, top three. But regard regardless. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, Monty Austin Ford, I believe, really wants a win in this DeAndre Hopkins trade, and he's not willing to even come off as even having a conversation around him losing a trade. And and I think that part of it is a first-time general manager, I, and it reminds me a lot of the Eichel trade. It reminds me a lot of the Ryan O'Reilly trade, right, with the Sabres. Maybe more so the Ryan O'Reilly trade, which is you've got ownership group that doesn't want to pay the money. You are not going to be good, and you don't want to lose a trade. And I think what they're deciding to do is to do what the opposite of what the Sabres did, which is make a move. And ultimately, it did not. It looks like a really bad trade now. I mean, three, four years down the line, they have a cornerstone player and it looks great. But, you know, I like at this point, it does appear DeAndre Hopkins is going to play the season in, in Arizona. I think it's a huge mistake. I think it's a huge missed opportunity because everyone everyone talked about, well, the, they're just going to cut him. And no, they're not. Because you you take anything you take as if you are cutting this player, you take a seventh round pick. Yes, you, you take do anything. You take anything. And now I, I truly believe he's going to play the season out on the worst team in football. I don't think that sort of training camp. Injury, I don't. Th- I don't think happens. Kyler Murray is playing this year. No, because why would they want him to play? So you have two really good receivers, a decent running back who's old. They should be trading all of these players. They should be going all in on next year's draft. They should be tanking. Yes. They should be going for the number one pick, have two top five picks, and go get themselves Drake, uh, go Drake May or Caleb Williams, and then trade Kyler Murray before the draft and get even more draft capital. Like th- That's how you build a f- an Eagles-like franchise in a year, and it seems like they're doing half the job and then kind of... For ego. For over what seems like ego. Just... And this is where I would say he goes right. And this is where watching this unfold, because there is a Bills tie in here before we pivot to our own picks, that left me with an appreciation for Brandon Bean. Brandon Bean gets hired after the 2017 draft. We fired Doug Whaley. Famously, he's in a bar with then fired uh, what's his face from the Tim Murray. Tim Murray. They're they're having a beer together. Now look, sure that's not all they were having. How how much better are our franchises? Marijuana cigarettes too. I bet. How much better. Our respective franchises off without those two men. Worlds. Um, oh, good. Bean comes in as a rookie GM. The draft's already over. The picks have been made, and now all he can look to is the future. 
So when he started tearing down our roster in 2017, people accused him of tanking. It's, well, that's it. Look, they're not serious this year. They're, they're tearing down this to the studs. And this is why I appreciate being and I look at Monty Austin for it and I go, you're scared of the moment. Look at this. Nate. Monty. Watkins, second round pick and a starting cornerback on a playoff team. Darby, you jettison him, you get a complimentary wide receiver in a third round pick. Mm-hmm. Ragland gets you a fourth. Kavon Seymour, who you're like, I don't know who the fuck this guy is. I don't know what you do here. Got you a fifth or sixth? He gets you a starting kick returner in Kalen Clay for oh, your yeah. season and a seventh round pick that goes on to become Tommy Sweeney, which at least he was something. Yeah. Darius gets you a fifth round pick because you were like, fuck you too. I, I don't need Take you. anything. Take anything for you. We divested ourselves of names, made the playoffs, made <laughs> the playoffs inexplicably and the returns might have seemed inconsequential at the time but he removed cancers to the team mm. in the process I, I, but here's the thing like I, I don't i don't view deandre hopkins as a cancer but what no. i view him as is an 18 million dollar expense on a team that yes. does not want to spend that kind of money this and year. so what bean did was bean said who do i have to get rid of who i can get something of value for and he found a way to win every single one of those trades Every single one of those trades, he won. Did any of those players go on to be stars somewhere else? No. Sammy Watkins was play. What he caught? What Chris five passes for Green Bay? Something like that. Okay, that that year they traded him to L.A. Right? They got a second rounder and who? Traded him to L.A. They got a second rounder and who? Who? They got something else. Uh, E.J. Gaines. Yes, E.J. Gaines and a second rounder. Yeah, and that was my point. Like he was a. I call. Oh, I don't know. Part There's no relevancy, but I used to call him Sammy Napkins. I'm not sure why. So this was my thing as a Too rookie black. GM. Soft. Like, first of all, Monty Austinfort fucked himself on this one. He overplayed his hand because he was scared and he had some ego in it. He goes, "I'm not going to lose." He wanted this. like a second, a first or second round pick, and that just was Brandon Cooks going for a fifth and, and future sixth. So you weren't getting much better than that. Brandon Bean looked at his situation and said, hey, guess what? I'm just going to fucking... Guess what? All of you are out of here. I'm going to make trades and get value where I can. And those picks went on to being crucial to the eventual trade for Josh Allen that eventually became the future of our franchise, which now has us where we are today. I appreciate it. And I I just I think that this is going to go down as a giant mistake for them. And then, Chris, there's one pick that I openly laughed at. Was there one for you? In one this that draft? really made you laugh. Uh, I don't know. Not really. I'll I'll give you one. It comes with some historical context. Here's a decades worth of picks for you. Javid Best, pick 30 in 2010. Mikel LeSure, pick number 57 in 2011. Amir Abdullah, pick number 54 in 2015. Carry-on oh. Johnson, 543 yeah. 2018. You see where I'm going with this. I know who you're talking about. The Lions have drafted more running backs in the top 60 picks of the NFL draft in the last 12 years than any other team in football. And not a single one of them has seen a second contract with that football team. <laughs> yeah, listen, maybe, maybe what I'll say is for like dr- picks that made me laugh, um, the Jaguars... Also taking a running back. Yep. And David Caldwell's time as the general manager, he's taking a running back in every single draft. <laughs> but so you can imagine, Chris, my delight. Our buddy Doug. Oh, yeah. Doug's also a Lions fan. That's his, He has family in Detroit. He's a Michigan fan. He's a Detroit fan. So he, 
Dude, when they announced the pick, right? Just the way he went slack jawed. They needed everything. Defensive tackle, cornerback, tight end, quarterback of the future. They spend the top 12 pick. They did get Hennon Hooker. <laughs> We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. They spend the top I thought on the more Gibbs. egregious pick was Jack Campbell. He just Campbell. yells, what the fuck? I, I think the more egregious pick was Jack Campbell. Jameer Gibbs is a really good player. There was always going to be two running backs in this draft that were going to get drafted in the first round. Jameer Gibbs was going in the first round. Now, he went really high. Um, but I also think, generally speaking, the Jack Jack Campbell was a far more egregious reach than, than I think Jameer Gibbs was. I, I no, also, but this is it. So his team reached twice on yeah. two different players in the I first like round, and I got pick. to watch it just they play out. They got Sam out. Laporta, too. I just got to watch it play out on Doug's face in front of all of his friends and family, and it was hilarious. It was one of the greatest parts of the night for me. Better than anything the Bills did. That it, was the moment. Isn't it crazy that Hedden Hooker, if he was drafted in the first round, his fifth-year option would have been his age 30 season? <laughs> Oh, my God. That's how old he is. Wait, is he Brandon Whedon 2.0? Except everyone's better. Than, I'm, Chris is better than Brandon, Brandon Whedon. Chris Chris caught a water bottle early. I had a... That shocked yeah, everybody. I have a buddy in Hamburg that... No, you don't. You yeah, don't have friends. I know. I went... My friend from elementary school, Joel Phillips, his brother, Brett Phillips, looks exactly like Brandon Whedon. I called him Brand. Anytime I hung out with him, I called him Brandon Whedon. He looked exactly like him. Really quick, by the way, uh, side note, and then we can really dig into this draft. Um, it didn't work out last year during training camp, just the way based my schedule was was at. Uh, oh, was okay. that a UC? Are we, ta- oh, are we talking about? Is that about a UC? That's you dr- sexual that's, man, you. That's me drinking a Utica Club, people. That's fantastic. Are we talking about you catching balls? No, I think we're we need to go to. A, I think we need to go to a local high school field. We'll make an event of this. Do you want to bring the cameras? Yes. I think we make an event of it. A Rock Pile Report exclusive. We will put you and Reed on a field somewhere so we can record you breaking your fingers trying to catch uh, this long stand. How about, Guys, th- how about this? Here. It's a three. It- I Nate, I got Nate. Let me. Uh, you guys just have Nate. Let me. Uh, <laughs> because you guys just. Have, oh no, I can tell that I'm in, in the a- presence of unathletic people. Because you're an so, apex athlete. It's Nate, not even about being an apex athlete. Give me a break, guys. It's a fucking long snap. It's Nate, not even. It's a short snap. Go ahead. All right, Nate. Let me give it to you Cold this way too. So this <laughs> this off season, this is what we do for you. Yeah. We set up the snap yep. with Reed. 
Then what we do, because I don't know if you know about this about Reed. Reed has gotten into golf. Oh. So we could do a long snap and then play 18. Because it Reed, I told Reed home in the offseason. A home and yes, home? Yes, a home and home. <laughs> I told Reed in the, in the offseason when he went back to Houston for like seven weeks, I said, I haven't golfed since like 2016. I said, you're coming back up here. We got to golf. So we could set something up. So mandatory. When he's up here for mandatory. Yep. At the right. end of mandatory. Yep. We could set up golfing Boom. and catching a long at snap. At my club. Yes. What, what, oh, I like how he says my club. <laughs> my this club. is what I hate about golf people. My club. Uh, come <laughs> hang out at my exclusive golf. It's a fucking anyone with a little bit of cash. I could. Listen, if you, you can. You could. Hit, you could. Nate, I'm not going to lie. You don't. If you can afford to go there. I can definitely afford it. You know what? Oh, you know, oh okay, Mr. Global. I work for a global company now. You, right. you know what I'm going to do right now? <laughs> I Right now, I'm going to text read the proposition because yep. we didn't get it to it, to it last hey, offseason. he may not respond. He's got some stuff going on this week. Oh, he'll respond to me. because yeah, No, no. No, he'll respond to me. I produce his podcast. He I know. He's got no choice. He's got no choice. He's got no, no choice. But I don't by wanna... the end of the show, we will have confirmation right. on catching snaps and golf. So Buffalo's picks. Let's just dig let's, into let's, this Let's shit. dig in. And let's... let's start with Dalton Kincaid. Now, Chris put the gif of me seeing the pick on the internet, and it was literally just... It was a mix of surprise, shock, jubilation. Chris... I know it bothers you when I'm right about something. Okay, yeah. That's, so f- that's probably right. Yeah. So from that Draft Tea Leaves podcast that I recorded without you in my basement, which is hilarious. That's a new development. Interesting. Yeah, no, I have the pod track now. And so I can. I have sound effects, and I can go on spaces, and I can bring in guests. Yeah, so, this, so this was a real low-brow It was a real low-brow thing. And then I bring it to Chris to b- produce it. Sure. Bring and, him and give it to him to do all the hard, the, the real legwork. But I yeah. talked about how, like, we've done all this research. I've, I'm looking at the scouting, like, activity of the Bills over the course of the year. They've vetted every tight end. Something's up. Although there was not a top 30 visit for Dalton Kincaid. No, and the that was first, my point. The first non-top 30 visit draft pick in the first round for Brandon Bean, by the so way. So there's two things. First of all, I said during that show that I knew something was up with the tight end position, and yet when you try to pin down, Which like one? people go, well, no, but people go, well, a GM, like these are the things. Do you remember when the bills were predictable? If you didn't come on a top thirty visit, you didn't get drafted. Yeah, that was it. Now we've reached a place where you go, I don't know what the fuck our GM is thinking because he he worked out all of these tight ends. The one that they met the most with was that Musgrave. Luke Musgrave, yeah. Oregon State. He's the one that they scouted and met with the most. And at the same time, here we are. I think they were intending on taking a tight end at some point in this draft. And so then all of a sudden, but, but then you have to look back in retrospect After and signing go. signing their tight end for $51 million. I, I digress. Yeah. But then you look at it and go, oh, so were they just doing this to make sure nobody else was Dalton Kincaid? Like. Nobody else has his separation chops. All right, well, that's it. We just needed to see it. We needed to see if any of you could put yourselves. They were trying to talk themselves into going day two. And when they couldn't, based on all of that scouting activity, they went day one. They said, fuck it. We're going to go get the guy. 
are Swole Beasley, as I've heard, I've already heard him called. Like Swole Beasley. They came out and they drafted. Disappointed. So now the problem is, is that if you're trying to, like, if you're trying to be the person who prognosticates off of the scouting activity and off of who your GM looks at, that's a monkey wrench. Like, he just drafted the guy he didn't talk to at the combine. Or didn't talk to, like, they went to his pro day, right? Everyone did. Everybody went to his but pro out, day, yeah. But outside of that, like, they didn't bring him in for a private workout. And you have to wonder how much that was just, like, them throwing other teams off how badly they wanted him. Like, the NFL's fucking crazy when it comes to this. Now, also, Dallas can claim they wanted Mozzie Smith. They can claim they wanted Mozzie Smith. I call bullshit for two reasons. Bean wouldn't trade up one spot. Dallas, everybody that covers Dallas, they were like, wow, how shrewd of Dallas to smokescreen wanting to take Dalton Kincaid so we could get a defensive <laughs> tackle. We are so smart. <laughs> Classic Kiss, Dallas. Kiss my Classic. ass, Give Cowboys. Break. Do you also, want to, do you they want spent to... their very next pick on a tight end. Shocker. Yeah, and oh, and way overdrafted him, too, by the way. What were you going to say, Chris? Do you want the lay fans' opinion on this? Yes. yes. So it's cool that we got Dalton Kincaid. That's a position of need. Now, in my lifetime, I can say that Dawson Knox is probably the best tight end that we have developed. And I'm 38. That's old. Mind you. That's old. I'm 38 and That's the fair. best tight end that we have well, that we have put together that uh, we have put together has been Dawson Knox. Now, if you're to give me, hey, describe this pick in one word, skeptical. I'm skeptical of what work. we can get yeah. out of Dawson Knox or not uh, out of Dalton Dalton Kincaid because history. I made this thing. I'll put it up on YouTube. Nate, you can look at this. Look at that. This is all the first-round tight ends in the last 10 years. So I'm skeptical based on all what, this. Eric Ebron wasn't good for you? I mean, he had that one 13-touchdown 13, 13 season in Indianapolis. But David Njoku? That's like 2022. Hey, David Njoku would have been better if the team around him was better. True or false? His impact would have been better. He would have made more... Eric Ebron, that's a... <laughs> That's a I'm, rough one. I'm just saying, Tyler Eifert. That's that's a rough one. Ba- based on history, watch your mouth. He's from Notre Dame. Yeah, based on history, <laughs> I'm skeptical. Watch your, watch your mouth. I'm skeptical of what we can get out of Kincaid. So, hey, OJ on, Howard, he's a bill for five minutes. I don't even like looking at historics at the position because you'll just put yourself into a. Are you saying f- that because of Drew shirtless there? <laughs> Partially. <laughs> um. But I think you can talk yourself. You can find positions just like this. You can find guards. You can find other positions at other sports where, hey, look at look at the history. It's I, I hate looking at historicals at a specific position and trying to to maybe project them out where they are because I, I do think that there is there is something to be said about the the uniqueness of Dalton Kincaid and what he brings. The skill set is very unique to the position and why the position takes so long to develop is because of a lot of the blocking responsibilities and how unique and how much of a step up they are in the NFL as an inline blocker and compared to college football. And I, and I buy all that, but it's the people to me and listen, a lot of smart people, uh, me and Aaron Quinn were at each other's throats until 
1 a.m. Friday night about this. <laughs> He's like, I got to go. My wife, I, I, I got to go. to. She, she's waiting for me in bed. Uh, it's late. And I was like, okay, well, come on the show with me tomorrow so that we can bitch at each other about this. And you can tell me how wrong I am. I'll tell you how wrong. He's like, I got the kids tomorrow. Wife's gone. I can't come on with you tomorrow. And, you know, and then I tweeted out that I didn't really like the first two days of the draft. And then all of the <clears throat> all of the, you know, leg humpers and all the people that are the Mega Bills fans that refuse to even acknowledge any level of criticism. Um and this is a, a franchise and a general manager that has warranted criticism about how he drafts. I love Brandon Bean. He is the best general manager outside of I don't know I don't love Bill Polian, but he has brought this team and was the architect of Doesn't Super Bowl rosters? make him immune from criticism. No! Chris, how often do I sometimes yell about Brandon Bean? All of the time. Okay. He's a great top five general manager in football. He has not put together a lot of really good drafts, especially in day two. He really struggles in day two. I like the Cyrus, uh, and we'll, we'll talk about this, you know, the Osiris Torrance pick, I think is a fantastic pick. It, it saved the draft. Well, this is, so this is good. Where, but wait, wait, let me, let me get into Kincaid. Let me, let me, let me finish my thought on Kincaid. Okay. Because this is more of a, a whataboutism that people, and I'm going to call Aaron Quinn out on this, right? So here's what's going to happen, right? Is everyone's going to say, he's a receiver. He's, think of him as this. Okay. Well, then let's compare him at the end of the season to Jordan Addison and to Zay Flowers yep. and to Jackson, you know, Jackson Smith and Jigba. Well, no, I mean, he's a, he's a tight end. We can't compare him to wide nope. receiver. No, you can't have it both ways, okay? And this is my point, is you can't preface this conversation around him. Well, don't look at what's next to his name. What do you mean? You do it for 99.999% of every other. We're going to make one exception this one time for this guy because you love the team so much and you think he's this crazy great matchup against slot corners in the NFL? Give me a break. He is a tight end, and you traded up in an NFL draft two spots. He gave up a fourth-round pick, and you picked him at 25. He better be on the field 80% of the snaps. I've got a lot of... A lot of reservations about having two tight ends on the field when they ran at 12 personnel 13% of the time last year. But they would be ad- astronomically changing their offense. I come in like a bulldozer and try to remind you that they fucking wanted to. They tried. They paid O.J. Howard a, ri- a ridiculous contract. What do you mean? Hey, I'm whoa, whoa, barely whoa, whoa, whoa. A, they cut him before training camp ended. And it was fully guaranteed. So it what? Was it was astronomical. It's like a million no, dollars, no, no. Drew. For a dude who they knew was a Was going to be a blocking tight end? He's yeah. got no gas left. They really thought he was going to come in here. They were going to run 50% of their snaps they because they got O.J. Howard at the end of his. Give me a break. You that's, don't go get O.J. Howard biggest, if you're offensive coordinator. Biggest fucking myth that you could possibly say is they've been looking for this position forever. We got O.J. Howard for $1 million guaranteed. Oh, my God. All of the all of the assets, (laughs) the time, the energy spent. The people watching us on YouTube are getting a fucking show. A freaking backup. uh, The the. 50th ranked PFF tight end. Oh my God, the time and energy and the resources. Now, here's what I'll tell you. Flip it for Twitter. You break. <laughs> here's what I love. We have literally nothing, right? Going into last season behind Dawson Knox. They go Put out some respect there. on Quentin Morris's name. No, fuck, fuck Quentin Morris. Shh. 
Okay. Put some respect on his name. Here's what I'll say. No, I won't. And Reggie Gilliam, not a th- stud, not, not a tight end, stud, not an H back. Get the fuck out of stud. here. You're a fullback. They paid him as fu- they paid him as such. They did, which is a mistake. But here's what I'll say. First of all, your offensive coordinator went into the offseason with an idea of twelve personnel being dynamic. They got the wrong guy. Okay, that's fair. Because they didn't have money. Didn't, so, so didn't they draft these, a running back who was going to catch a bunch of passes, and then they yep, made him into a regular yep, running back? Exactly. And then they traded for another running back who catches yep. only passes, and then they gave him, like, five touches? So you have problems. You've already made your Ken Dorsey speech. Like, you've already made your reservations on him well-known. Here's what I look at. When you look at the depth chart, we have nothing behind Dawson Knox. Okay. Dawson Knox tears an ACL week two. There's, yeah, it sucks. Like it's gone. But guess what? This, so, oh man, what are we going to do with the fifth leading receiver? We'll never replace that in the offense. Now, this is my point. All all the scheme stuff. People people keep talking about. Oh, they don't use tight ends, so it doesn't matter. Okay. I'll tell you this. Last season, Knox the five five game touchdown streak. Okay, whatever. Mm-hmm. Six targets per game. If you go over the last like six seven weeks of the season, did you did you see my tweet storm about his usage? Oh, last year? I'm sure. Did I'm you, sure did you, you see had the next one. gen stats where he ran the same three fucking routes over yep. and over again? But, there is no creativity with okay. the tight end, and now all of a sudden, but because they have two, there's going to be all sorts of creativity. Is that that's that's the sale? No, job? but no, no. But what I'm Stick looking to at is finance, this. Drew. You're not a sales guy. What I'm looking at is this. Okay, go watch that fucking Miami game. The Miami game? Against the worst linebackers in the league? Sure, I'll go back and watch okay. that game. How many teams in the NFL have bad linebackers? Because so I'll tell you what I saw. Eight targets. How bad is that, that group? Six of them were for first downs. Okay, Six of them came on first down. Big catches down the field, up the seam, whether mm-hmm. it was to the sideline. Sure. Four first downs, one game-tying red zone touchdown catch. How many catches did Cole Beasley have last year? The guy uh, that Cole they're Beasley insistent, shouldn't. insistent that this guy is... The new Cole Beasley. They had literal Cole Beasley on the team last year, and he played like 15% of the snaps. He he wasn't on the team last year. He he only joined the team, what, towards the end, Chris? And, you know, guess what? Yeah, the, the offense and all the players were so much different than the, year, than the eight months that he missed beforehand. I'll tell you this. You have an opportunity against teams that don't have dynamic linebackers to utilize this position. Sure. So, now yeah. what you do is you go into there and two you Two regular season catches? Yeah. Two regular season targets. Man, they are going to use the shit out of that slot receiver <laughs> named Dalton Kincaid. They spent the twenty. <laughs> so, all I'm saying is, the reason Six I don't Six catches for Jamison Crowder in four games. Man, they really use the slot. The reason I don't hate it is because you have to have that because when the Bills offense was at it, yeah, no, they don't use it. When the guy throwing the football goes... Well, that guy's not fucking open. I'm just not going there. I'm not going to... Are you going to trust Jamison Crowder He's on a contested a... ball? No, but no. you throw contested no, balls but, 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 in the but, middle but, but, of the field, no. Drew. And that's the problem. There's nobody with any fucking separation. Nobody there. does Who's that. Getting it? Who's getting separation nobody in the Nobody throws up go 50-50 balls in the middle of the field, Drew. That's where all the players are. And this is where I could drag you down and just, like... Like, I could wrestle you like Sean McDermott would, 
over the idea that I understand the logic behind the pick. Do I love it? No. But do I understand it? Kind of. You want a mismatch in the middle of the field. You had it with Cole Beasley. He was just shifty. He was shifty as fuck, and he could get away from linebackers. The linebacker was in his hip pocket, and then a split second later, he's three yards away catching a football. That's it. You need a guy who can do that for you, and unfortunately, there is no other Cole Beasley. He was one of one. Listen. So you try, hey, you tried to redo it with Isaiah McKenzie, and you found out he's not enough. You were just, you know, before we we have even here, we were we were we were talking, uh, we were we were talking trash about this 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 uh, this chef in town, right? We, we won't say his name. We were yeah. Just talking, we were talking trash about him, right? It would be a lot like what 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 the Brandon Bean. And, uh, you know, the Dorsey relationship sort of reminds me of is like this, this, this chef that you talked about, right, is, is, is Ken Dorsey. And I am Brandon Bean, obviously very handsome, very smart, knows what he's doing. And the guy that you say is a crappy chef says, hey, Nate, go out and go get me a bunch of food, a, a bunch, a bunch of uh, ingredients to make an amazing dish. And you know oh what my I God, do? is he about to make the analogy, and, Chris? And what I do is I go out to the grocery store and I say, mm, I'm going to get some, ooh, some turmeric. Ooh, I'm going to get some onion and I'm going to get some uh, shallots and I'm going to get a bunch of vegetables with none of which go together. And I'm going to go to the shitty chef and bring them all of these ingredients and say, make me something special. Well... Are you as good as the guy making making the dishes, or are you as good as the guy bringing the ingredients? And the the problem that I have is is Ken Dorsey had all these all these things about involving the running back. It happened in one game in the Miami, and it was Devin Singletary that got all, was on the receiving end of yep. those. And then they never used the running backs to, to to catch the ball basically again. Like in 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 sixteen games, James Cook had thirty two targets, twenty one catches. Devin Secretary had 38 catches. The guy that can't bring anything <laughs> oh, no. to the receiving game. So Chris has a chart excuse about the TV. me for being skeptical that the guy, and, and this is the thing that everybody does agree with. This is really on Ken Dorsey. It really is. This is not an indictment of what I believe the player can be or will be. It is far more about the chef demanding ingredients that he doesn't know how to use. And he doesn't know how to use the running backs last year that he demanded, quote-unquote. And now I'm supposed That's to believe... That's a fair criticism. Now I'm supposed to believe that the that the offensive coordinator, who Josh Allen admitted, moved the offense too far away from Brian Dable's core concepts, mm. is now supposed to take the shitty offense he created last year, turn it into gold in one year because they got another tight end? What are we, guys? What are we doing? What are we doing? All right. Listen, I don't hate the pick. I don't. I hate the idea that we're selling ourselves on that the guy that we all agree is meh, is going to fundamentally change something that didn't work last year and turn it into something because of a specialized player. Guys, what are we selling ourselves on? This is, this is guys. This is why I love Nate. And for those of you who aren't watching us on YouTube, you're missing a show. Like, do we Nate? Nate's to do physical count. Oh my god! Do we get it? Can we just go on to right here, Nate? You see that? Oh, sorry. Not yes. only am I beautiful, but what did I mock to twenty seven mm. to Buffalo? Oh, sorry. I, I think oh. you should bring that hair back. By the way, 
Yeah, I mean that, that hair was better than this hair. I like the two T-shirts. <laughs> oh yeah, two three. T-shirts. Three. Man, he's a three shirt. Three. Man. He's a three shirt man. Guys, if you're watching us on YouTube, you don't understand. Well, this he's isn't on. Chris, they're not seeing this. No, I, they should. I don't have. Well, then go back and watch the Rock Powell Report does a mock draft episode on YouTube. But yeah, it's a three T-shirt look. Osiris Torrance. It's a. It's a big man that we drafted. So largeman. So here's the thing, Osiris Torrance. We're obviously never going to see eye to eye on Kincaid until he fails or succeeds. Or succeeds. And, I, and I won't be eating my words or I won't be eating crow on the player. Again, I do. I like the player. You don't like. I don't like the idea that all of a sudden he's fixing the problems. And that's. Hey, I agree with you. I think that there are issues. I think that they've given themselves options throughout free agency throughout the draft. Now you have options. You have a Swiss Army knife, so you as the shitty offensive coordinator can go in there and make different play calls and decide, hey, we're going to go 12 personnel, but throw it out of this. Hey, guess what? I have two tight ends who I can trust to catch the fucking ball. You couldn't say that last year. Also, if Dawson Knox gets hurt, we still have a TU1. Kind of. You can't play in line, but, you know. Second round, right guard offensive, uh, right guard Osiris, 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 I don't know why I want to Osiris, Osiris. First of all, I want to start the conversation with this. I firmly believe that if the Giants didn't take John Michael Schmitz two picks before Buffalo, he would have been the pick there. The fact that he was, like, I said it out loud. Ryan Bates is our 2024 starting center. Mitch yeah. Morse will retire this year. They will move Bates to center rather than overpay. If they don't, if they don't retire, I think he's a post-shooting first cut, and they're going to save like six or seven million or something. Sure. Like that. Yeah. And then Bates is our guy in the center because he's done it, and they trust him to do it. He has that relationship with Josh Allen, and you just took a guard. Like my thing was, you were going to fix the interior line somewhere here. You chose to do it here rather than center. Mm-hmm. Rather than try to trade up and get a guy that you knew was the best center. You let it you tried to let it fall to you and when it didn't happen, you said, "Well, fuck it. We take the guy who's so high fuck on it, we'll do it live." Everyone's born. Torrance was supposed to be a first-round draft pick. Best guard yeah. in the draft. By everyone's prognostication, like, you look at what Bates did. Two starts at center, graded decently. And for three years, he cost $4.5 million a year. That's a fucking value. Yeah. At a starting center in the NFL. Now, I know that this conversation is about Torrance, but part of the value he hypothetically provides is that even if he's average, mm-hmm. right? I'm talking about John Miller, John Feliciano uh, level play. John Miller, you say, okay. You'd be allowing yourself to slide in a gap starter at center while you look for your center of the future and like at the 15th highest salary at center in the NFL. Like that's the important guy. And you have him. You have Ryan Bates who can play center in a competitive game against a decent defensive line. Now, what I love is that we were talking to Brett Coleman. Mm-hmm. From bootleg football, you know Brett. I know Brett. We had, Chris was the one who reached out to him and said, what do you think about this draft, especially about Torrance? And his quote was, Torrance fits them to a T. He's a big motherfucker that mud wrestles people until they stop breathing. Hmm. And that's... 
I like the fact, like, you went from a small school to a big school, and usually that jump comes with growing pains. Mm-hmm. It did not. Instead, he showed up, no sacks, no quarterback hits, eight hurries. And I hear all the people going, we'll hit Anthony Richardson so that shouldn't count. He's got Josh Allen. He does. He's got the quarterback the OG, who Andy makes Richardson. wine out of water when it comes to quarterback pressures. He literally is in the pocket stiff-arming defensive tackles going, hey, you beat that guy, but it doesn't matter. You don't get to sack me. Fuck you. I'm taller and bigger than you. It's true. This pick, I think, signals a change, though. Like, if you think about this, this and the pick later in the draft, which I'm not even going to try to talk about because it's fucking pointless. But you look at them, they're they're kind of similar in the fact that they both... Here's what I like. You look at the guards that they've gone through over the last couple of years. Bates, Bakker, Saffolds. Yeah. Technicians with athleticism, and they're supposed to be space guys. Zone blocking! <laughs> I don't know. Has it worked? Has any of that worked for you? They haven't had good players. Oh, okay, so they haven't had good players... And also... Roger Saffold stunk. Roger Saffold was a fucking he mess. stunk. Why do you think he was here? Because that coach vouched for him. Right? Who? Cromer. Who vouched for who? Cromer's Saffold? like, well, why do you think David Edwards is here? Oh, Because yeah. Cromer vouched for him. Well, Edwards won't be on the roster. No. But so here's my... I guess this is it. They hemorrhage pressures from the guard position. So what I look at is... You guys sucked in pass protection, and you also sucked at run blocking. Mm-hmm. You bring in this mauler is, <laughs> instead of that. a technician, he instead is a of this athlete. And then I look at this and I go, look, look at three cone time. It was terrible. It was not good. He's, his 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 raz is uh, really goes against a lot of what they have historically looked at at the offensive line position. So then I go. In years past, we've watched the Bills run a balance of zone and gap scheme. More of an emphasis on zone, because they were a lighter, more technical blocking group. They yeah. tried to be the Eagles without the talent, right? Like, hey, we're going to employ lighter, more physical guys who are like tryhards. And it didn't work. Well, at least it worked in pass pro, but it never worked in run blocking. Last year, with the arrival of Cromer, first year Ken Dorsey, they ran more gap than they have in the last five seasons. That's right. And the results were what you would expect if you took a bunch of zone players and shoved them into a gap blocking scheme. Yeah. <laughs> it did not go well. No one graded positively in run blocking. Mm-hmm. But then I see Torrance, and I go, well, he's at his best when he's allowed to gap block. Yeah. And then I go, well, you threw in a tight end to this draft, and your offensive coordinator wants, wanted that last year and couldn't get it. And then you, you kind of you got an athletic option who's a big slot who you're not going to try to teach to block. But you have a tight end who you think can block adequately enough that you, stuck, million. That you stuck him on the fucking offensive line for most of the season and didn't utilize him as a fucking receiver. He was only running routes on like 10% of his fucking snaps. Who's that? Dawson Knox, yeah. for the early portion of the season, he was an inline blocker only. And it was pathetic. Now you have two options. Well, can I tell you something now, about this? And, well, but this is the thing with Torrance. Is this, to you, indicative of a shift? Like, is is this an 
indication that they understand we fucked up. No, I, I think what it's an indication of is, and what Brandon Bean's talked about this before, is you tend to make changes from your last game. And what happened in their last game? Oh, they got bulldozed. They got absolutely bullied at yeah. the line of scrimmage. Bullied. And they go they get Puna Ford on the other side, right, to, I think, hedge some bets on Daquan Jones because when Daquan Jones went out of the lineup, they had no answers defensively. Offensively, that was Roger Saffold's worst game. And Rick Bates is a good player, but he's not. he's a lot like Mitch Morse in that he's a far more techniqued pass blocker than he is a run blocker, right? So you talk about what this team decided to do is they watched what got them beat, which was being bullied at the line of scrimmage, and they decided that we're going to get a big guy, we're going to go out and get Connor McGovern, and we're going to re, we're going to solidify the interior part of our offensive line because think about from a, a football, just what, you, what everybody knows about football, right, which is it's really hard to protect a quarterback or scheme up protections or scheme up an extra blocker when the pressure comes right from the middle of the field. Well, yeah. You can scheme up edge help. You can chip. You can add a, 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 a you, you can keep an inline tight end and keep him in to block. Obviously. You can do things at the edge. It's really hard when you are consistently beat at the point of attack on the interior of, of the offensive line. So what they're hoping to do is minimize the pressure in the middle. If we have a similar season that we got from Dawson, uh, from um, Deion Dawkins last year, which was a little bit of a disappointing year from him, two years in a row, can he go back to the guy that we kind of remember from 2020? And at the other side is we really like Spencer Brown. We think he's super athletic. We believe that injuries have really caused his, in, his, his lack of consistency and sometimes bad play and experience, too. That, mm-hmm. that matters. We can help those guys. We can't help them if we're also trying to help things that are in the middle of the field. So we can yeah. get a really big guy in, 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 in Torrance. We can get a really responsible just anchor at left guard in Connor McGovern. We can worry we can worry less about the interior and we can focus our offense on how we can create a, a better pocket because the way that teams rush Josh Allen from the edges anyways. They're dead scared to get upfield. Oh, they yeah. Stop, you which naturally that. creates a pocket. So if you can get that interior help, the way that teams play Josh Allen anyway should create a firmer, more consistent pocket for Josh Allen. And what I think he lacked last year was confidence in the guys in front of him, specifically yes. in the middle. And he bailed a lot. And this can give him an opportunity to play for, from, more from inside the pocket, but inside the pocket with with a level of confidence that the guys in front of him are going to get him killed. Well, exactly. Now, you talk about getting people killed. This third pick, my, in my opinion, this was an indictment of our GM. Listening too much to the head coach. Uh, they go. Did up- you did you listen to the podcast today? Brandon being on with. Um- it's hilarious. Do you yeah. want it? Do we just do it now? Yeah, you might as well. Hey, guys. We'll do it live. This this third round pick on a shitty linebacker, Dorian Williams, or at least that's what I had to say. Here's Brandon Bean on the topic. Tremaine, really, really good player, um, but there were some matchup issues. It's just hard. It's hard to find he's a big guy that plays. He's six five. So yeah, I met him. I was looking up at him. <laughs> yeah, you you put uh, 
you put a little slot on them, it's not fair to them. It's just yeah. it's just going to be a little more gangly. So um, yeah. finding the right player that's firm enough against the run, can get off blocks, block protection, all that stuff, and still um, match up when these when these heavy pass teams, you know, are going to run some some really good you know receivers and or tight ends in on them. There you go, Brandon Bean on the Greenlight podcast. Now on Chris, Blue Wire along Chris, with us. Well, yeah, on Blue Fire. Wire now, Chris. Go ahead and put up Dorian Williams' uh, RAS score for me. I want to start by saying this. I I started off the night thinking this was going to be a diatribe. Okay. Like, this was where I was going to come unglued and talk about, hey, like, Brandon, because here's what I'll say. Like, he comes off in his his post-draft presser, annoyed that a defensive tackle didn't fall to him, but Sakai Ika in the third round was there. You didn't take him. Now, how much of that is because he knew he had a, po- a Puna Ford in the hand? It's just like, hey, Puna. I could just cool. I could just, I could just pull the trigger on this. Yeah. Okay, fine. I was mad when I thought about that pick. It gave me shades of Terrell Bernard. What was the name? Terrell Bernard. Is that is that what he said? Could. No, he didn't. Later on, later no, on, I'd like, I'd like you to pull that out, and I'd like you to post that as a, oh, you know, uh, the troublesome Bernard. Oh, so I'd sound like every WGR caller at 8 o'clock in the morning every day. <laughs> okay. So. Trispin Bernard? Trispin Bernard. So here's what I know. I know our, de- our team passed on a defensive tackle, drafted this guy. But then our GM comes out and goes, well, we'll have a chance to compete. And, you know, he'll earn a jersey, but I don't know if... uh... And then I'm driving here tonight, and I'm listening to Chris Trapasso. See, Trap, he just texted me. Yep. I I bet he did. He did. Is that what you're doing on your phone? Yeah, he just texted me. Okay. Well, here's what I know. I took notes as I was driving in rush hour traffic, because this is literally... Jesus Christ, you're not kidding. So, this is what I'm looking at. His comments on Williams and those... On Dorian. Dorian Or as Drew would say, Durbin. Durbin Williams. Williams. (laughs) And like you hear those comments. First of all, do apologists for Tremaine have to eat a little crow? Because your GM was like, well, we didn't like some of the things. No. Here's... Here's what he said. They were like a top five defense. He said flat out, he's a legitimate middle linebacker candidate. And then talked about how he's short and light, but his arms are almost as long as Tremaine Edmonds. And the way he attacks the line is just with more aggression than he saw out of Tremaine Edmonds. Got more dad energy. Yes. Now, you look at this and you look at his RAS score. Height, weight. Failures. Explosion grades. Whatever. Speed. Okay. You should see my explosion grade. <laughs> I'm looking at your hair. It's not much. You you don't want that thing shifting. You don't explode anywhere. You don't you Where do you explode? What's a thing a that could question. make you just explode? It's a loaded question. Um <laughs> let's move on. <laughs> So, in any event, guys, but they drive the, me nuts. They they drive it the, like they drive this pick, and at first I was worried because I go, "This is the same thinking 
that led you to Terrell Bernard. Sure. That led you to prioritizing special teams. I heard it come out of the GM's he mouth. He did say special teams. That I hated it, too. Because that makes me think, right? Like, it reeks of Sean McDermott and this incessant prioritization of things that oh, don't matter. Having your general manager take the advice of a coach on a specific side of the ball. Yep. And then trying to fit into their scheme, but they don't do a good job fitting in their scheme. Where could that... Where where is that concept of? Oh, hmm. <laughs> I guess the the I I guess the dog does wag the tail after all, doesn't it? Fuck, man, you you hate you hate you hate it when Drew gets caught up. Yep, mere moments after trying to make a shitty sales pitch. Uh, and listen, by the way, beers for closers, pal. You haven't closed shit. <laughs> Beer's for closers. Beer is for closers. You can't close. I'm I'm the closer. You're the finance guy. I you I come to you and I tell you, here's how you're making the money work, guy. You don't tell me the other way around, all right? So, with that in mind, and look 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 how cocky he's getting. <laughs> Fucking Dorian Williams. Yeah. I wanted to be pissed about it. Chris, I even had this drop queued up. After the Brandon Bean, after the Brandon Bean presser, where he is was he, talking, is he okay? No, I'm I'm had a stroke. I've had a slight stroke. Jeez, <laughs> no, <laughs> it's just whiskey. Hey, I don't Chris, know. You I thought it was gin, Chris? No idea. Brandon Bean comes out and blames the fact that the board kept him from getting a D tackle. Chris, hit oh. me with the drop. Oh, that one. I think I know what you're talking about, and I don't. Play through him. I don't have. I don't have. I'm looking for it. I don't have it. Yeah. I don't have, have it. it. was in the notes. No, I don't have it. You stink at this. He's not a notes guy. He's never. Chris has never been a notes no, guy. No, he's never been a notes guy. He asked me to send Listen, him things, and then I send them to him. Before and... before you try to sell anybody else on something that, you know, you you, you, you couldn't sell. I don't, I don't get a good. I just was going to use a ketchup popsicle to a woman in white gloves, but that's that means you're a good salesman. You're not. Um, Dorian oh, no, no, no. I I'm, I'm uh, what, what's his name? Uh, Lemon. Liz Lemon? No, why? Uh, Ah, shit. What's the movie with Alec Baldwin and... Uh, I just said coffee is for closers. Yeah, I know. So what's the name of the movie? I don't know. I don't know. I just know the quote. No, it's... Look uh, at Millennial. Uh, Fuck you. All right. Glenn I, Gary Glenn Ross. Thank Glenn you. Glenn Gary Glenn Ross. Yeah, there Thanks it is. Iman from the other room. Glenn Gary Glenn Ross. Iman's got it. All right, I found it. Hey, okay. Brandon! How dumb do you think I am? Like, come on now. <laughs> You're telling me you drafted another special teams linebacker to back up Balin Specter? Like, we're supposed to believe I'm that? I'm tired of this guy besmirching names like Quentin Morris and Balin Specter. Hey, Balin Specter's lady and I get our hair cut at the same place. There oh, you go. Geez, Makes Christ. a lot of sense. Yeah, it does. Got some I'll lady be, hair. I'll be there tomorrow down on Elmwood. I'll tell you what. What I think is that that's the type of thinking that got us crushed the last three seasons is that you invested in things that don't fucking matter. Pepper Montucky sales guy. Oh, of course. Glenn Gary. Now, Glenn here's Austin. what I'll do. I'll close this argument by saying this. I've come around to the idea that Brandon Bean might have a different opinion of what he needs at linebacker. You looked at the Tyler Rapp signing and you mm. say to yourself, well, that's weird. Puna Ford. Nate. They Nate, have Nate, did you catch that? And they need two one techs. Nate. Why? Nate, who did we sign? Taller Taller Rap? Did we sign Taylor Rap or Tyler Rap? Tyler Rap. <laughs> Taylor. Uh, Tyler. Tolbert Tolbert Rap. I've been saying Himes for for weeks and no one's 
No yeah, you can't me. get that right. Honestly, <laughs> go speak. You should go. You should go to your your doctor. I, I I'm not sure that you you're you're processing things. Go back to your point on Tyler Rap. <laughs> so here's what it is. You guys are trying to build a defense that can move around behind a wall of defensive tackles and still shut down the pass, stop the run. Well, guess what? You don't have to worry about the run if they can't get through the line. <laughs> so if you on a rotational basis, because think about it, Daquan Jones played a lot of our snaps. First down could be Daquan Jones and Puna Ford. And Puna guess. Ford next to each other. Now you're saving Ed Oliver. For, to be a specialty player, which they love doing. They love turning guys that are first-round picks into specialty players. Well, fuck. God, I, I just it. keep <laughs> killing Drew. I just keep killing Drew. <laughs> this show I'm is so come, much better at this than you. This show has come off the rails. Here's what I know. Dorian Williams seems to fit the theme of that, then. Of this idea that, like, hey, we could just stuff the middle of the line on first and second down. And have fast, athletic guys. And have a bunch of dudes running around. He's got a lot of Matt Milano vibes about him. And listen, if he loves Matt Milano, I don't I don't think it's crazy that they got two guys in the image of Matt Milano to be his, <laughs> be his partner. I just don't know that I totally agree with what a Mike linebacker should be. But... If you if your belief of what a Mike linebacker should should be is evolving past what we understand about the game, then I'm open to that conversation. And it sounds like the evolution of Mike linebacker in this system has evolved from what it was when the Bills drafted Tremaine Edmonds, and I'm good with that because I, I think I agree. Like I, I think there was a desire to be more multiple, to have a lot of different. They preach about the the multiplicity of what they can do on offense. Lots of different, uh, you know, personnel groupings and all this stuff on offense. And they basically had one group. It was nickel. Mm-hmm. That that was that was their look. That's all you had. And then if maybe you wanted to go to a three linebacker set, maybe you would do that. I think you're going to see more three safety looks. I think you're going to see downs where Dorian Williams and and, and Matt Milano or. You know, Terrell Bernard, or as you would say, Tremon Bernard, Tremon would be Bernard. On, the same, on the field at the same time together. I think that those are things that you could possibly see, and I'm not sure that you will look at Mike and say that week in and week out there's a Mike linebacker on this team. You might see Dorian Williams a couple games. You might see, depending on the matchup, if you need a little more thickness, maybe you go with AJ Klein. You know, Terrell Dotson. I don't know. I, like Maybe AJ Klein's on the field, and you go, hey, we're going to run base. I think Terrell Dotson's in trouble. I'm not sure he's going to make this roster. No, I don't think so either. I think there's some real decisions coming at that position and I feel like he's a good special teamer though well, they all are they have a lot of special <laughs> they you all are until I don't they think show you can keep Dotson and Metacavich fifth round pick Justin Shorter wide receiver out of Florida you mean DK Metcalf <laughs> okay well although I do like Aaron Quinn's tweet for as angry as you were at him that tweet of Puna never, Ford really next to a shirtless pick of Justin Shorter and he goes this is what I love about football this guy and this guy play the same sport, and they're on the same team. That's the beauty of football. But I, I just want to point out that Aaron and I have one of the most uh, healthy relationships of any two men that you know. What, do you want to hug him? Because sh- you. I'd, I'd kiss him right now. I'd kiss yeah, him on his I'm, bald head. I'm sure you would. I, I've said his his. I, I would love him that way. I once helped him pick up a, a grill. Like... This is a guy that Sounds like I've such met- a dad thing. No, no, Two you- dads going to the depot to grab a girl. No, this is the worst part. Aaron <laughs> Quinn of Cover One. Literally. We're in a group chat, and he's talking about how his wife let him buy a grill at uh, whatever the fucking novelty store was. 
it's not a normal store. On Main Street? No, 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 no. It's in Niagara Falls, oh, right near the right. boulevard, around the corner from the Tractor house. supply. She let him buy a Weber gas grill, and he goes, well, it was on sale. We bought it, but I don't have a way to get it home because all I have is these small SUVs. And we were in a group chat, and I was like, well, just talk to me. I'll, I'll help you come get it with my truck. So we show up to get it. With his Dodge Ram. This is the first time I've ever met Aaron Quinn in person. Oh, really? And we go to get it, and we put the grill in the truck, and we t- and then we unload it in his driveway. And as we're doing it, he goes, it's crazy to me that you're wearing dress clothes because I can't imagine a company that would employ you. Yeah. He goes, He's just right. the version now of that's you the that, first I know, thing that I know, no really, one would employ really you. <laughs> here's the thing. Here's, here's what I'll say about Aaron. Is Aaron and I, it's not that we disagree on everything. It's just that we we disagree on a lot of things. And... We have been able to, since the time I've met him until the time, even on Saturday, when we're going back and forth with each other, is the thing that social media misses out. And people try to, when Aaron and I disagree online, people immediately are like, Aaron, this guy's an asshole. Oh, no, everyone takes sides. And Aaron's like, dude, he's like, well. No, this is my buddy. We do this. We do. And like, we never make it personal because it's football. I grew up with Don Rickles. If you can't talk shit to you to and about your friends, who can you talk shit about? Let's talk about Justin Shorter. Poor right, man's sure. Gabe Davis. Or, Except, just, or just Gabe Davis. Or just sure. Gabe Davis with a better catch rate. Like and radius. Yeah. There's, a, there's a thing. He has the same upshot and ability. Like, everyone's like, well, he's a fifth-round pick, so obviously that's... He's a fifth round pick, so obviously that's like they're like, well, he's a late round pick like Shakir, he'll get marginalized. Maybe. Probably. Probably. But what they want to do is they want to get a guy in their system who's big, can run the post, run the nine. <laughs> can run they want like, me. They want me out there. I get they, it. Yeah. Run a post route, run a nine route. But the thing about the difference between him and Gabe Davis seems to be like be a physical run blocker, big, hulking, physical presence. The difference seems to be is that Shorter's a little more aggressive mm-hmm. in the run blocking. And also, he, I don't know, he fights more at the top of the route. His hands are incredibly better. Catches outside his frame better than Gabe Davis ever has. Like, this is their way, I think, of hedging their bets on whether or not Gabe Davis wants to go to free agency. He's going to go to free agency. Of course he will. Yeah. Because he'll have another year where they give him what? Six, seven touchdowns. Then he'll have a thousand, close to a thousand yards and yep. a fifty percent catch rate. And some team will convince themselves that that's the next Z. He's our next Z receiver. They just didn't use him right. <laughs> and or that that is probably what will happen. Yeah. So Justin Shorter, like for a potential pick, it seems pretty good, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, I mean, sky's sky's the limit. I. Listen, he was the number one recruit coming out of high school of his of his draft of his uh, recruit year over guys like Chris Olave. Okay, five star recruit, the number one wide receiver recruit in his dra- in his uh, recruiting class over Chris Olave. So yeah, I mean, there's potential there. And then you look at the rest of the draft. A tackle no one cares about, or a guard, guard seventh round cornerback that only matters if a tarkle. everyone gets hurt. <laughs> Here's a question. Say his name for me, Drew. Say, 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 the, say the guard's name. I'm not going to lie to you. I don't think I can pronounce it right now. <laughs> his first name could be 
druid, you'd have a tough time pronouncing it. Here's a question for you. Do the extra picks gained for next year move the needle in terms of where you'd see the success or failure of this draft class at all? A little bit. I think they needed more picks next year. I, I like where they are picks-wise. Okay. I like where they are picks-wise. Well, also, roster-wise, you're going to have a bunch of needs next year, and you're not going to have a lot of money to spend. And you'll have lots of picks. You'll have a ton of picks. And you'll have some assets to trade up and still have a lot of picks because we know the general manager loves trading up. And I don't hate them trading up, but I don't love it either. Now, there's some people, like, fucking, I know, for a fact, Jason Hicksonbaugh is like, Wait are you going to talk about DJ Dale? Uh, one tech prospect UDFA at We're one point he was a uh, the draft network's 200th prospect in the draft don't give a fuck did the bills do enough to achieve the sweet spot which is where every team should try to be which is depth now insurance later mm-hmm. that's the draft if you're a team that's like I have to hit this pick in order to win this year, you're probably a loser. You're probably a bum franchise that's not competing for much. So, right now, you're looking at cheap tight end death, depth, a potential death. Yeah, no, it's all falling apart over here. Let's fucking end this cast. This guy can't talk. The host can't talk. What are we supposed to do? No, 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 no. <laughs> you ended up with one of one of the best interior offensive line prospects in the entire class. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Interesting asset on offense in Kincaid. Mm-hmm. And, I don't know. He's not going to produce. We already talked about it. Because of the coordinator, he probably won't produce the way people think he should. But it, that doesn't mean he doesn't have merit. And it doesn't mean there isn't value in terms of depth that he brings to the roster. And then you've got decent options behind that in multiple rounds to groom as future contributors to this football team. What do you think about the draft class as a whole? Um, I think the draft class as a whole was largely saved by the second round pick. So that um, Lawrence pick, that's that's the anchor for you on this. It's the anchor for me. I know it's the anchor for a lot of folks I had on, on Saturday of the draft. Uh, Joe Marino. Also didn't really love the round three pick of Dorian Williams. Um, everyone sort of said B, but could have been better if the other picks were better. So, I mean, I'm paraphrasing. I don't want to put words in people's mouth. But um, I also think that largely there was like two teams in this draft with an A. In the entire draft of the entire league. A lot of people wanted to give the Bills A's. A lot of fans, a lot of you know people that cover the team. Fans. And those are the people who get drunk and call you guys on the radio. Hey, Nate. Like you now. I was listening to the Rock Power Report, and Drew said that O'Torrent Cyrus was going to be a really good guard. <laughs> well done, sir. Well done. Can I get O'Torrent Cyrus? Can I get, uh, Nate, I'm going to need one last thing for you. Sure. And it's. Only because we're going to play it next week when we have your best friend on. What did you think of Miami's draft? Are you having... I, I'd like to come on. Like to come <laughs> Do you want to be in like studio for the AFC's roundup? Uh, I thought that the Dolphins got pretty good value in Cam Smith. I think he's a good player. Um, 
But man, skipping over Osiris Torrance, <laughs> that offensive line is trash. <laughs> How about this? I got I got into a fight with somebody on this uh, a Dolphins fan. Shocker, me fighting with Dolphins fans online. So, well. I like how you became the public enemy number one during the season. Thousands of social media interactions. <laughs> like, what do you do with all those Dolphins notifications? Fans. I've never had. I, I wish. I wish we had. I wish we had like a real that. the ability to zoom in on my face. Oh, we can because there's there's a thing called post production. Okay, post production. We'll post produce this, Drew, or uh, Chris. Uh, post produce this, Crimen, Crispin. <laughs> Dolphins fans. Austin Jackson. He was first round pick. He's, he's, that that's yeah. He's a first round pick. And you declined his fifth year option. And why would you? Why why wouldn't you? He's been terrible. So yeah, let's assign him the blind side and not hedge the bet at all, not get anybody on the offensive line. Why would you want the right side protected for a quarterback who is to take special lessons on how to fall? Why would you want to hedge your bet at the right tackle position when your quarterback has to take lessons on how to fall? You tell me. You're welcome, Dolphins fans. But yeah, right. thank God you got the fifth cornerback in your roster. <laughs> oh, and then Noah Ingdabonaby, <laughs> Nick Nick. Egbedonaby. Uh, okay. How do you say his name? I, Ig- yeah. Uh, you did it. You did get that right. Yes! Hey. I and told you I'd finish strong. Former first round pick who you also declined. You declined both first round, uh, fifth, fifth year options for that, for that draft. And then you also have Kyer, what is his name? Kadu. Kier Kadu. They got four corners. What are you doing drafting a cornerback in the second round with your first pick? Draft offensive line, you idiots, you losers. Che- By the way. All I can hear is Dwight. Cheaters. Dwight Schrute. Just cheaters. You you idiot. Cheaters. You got your first round pick taken. Cheaters. First oh. time ever in NFL history, you freaking cheater. Steven Ross, that old fuck, cheated and flirted with Tom Brady, and all of you would be all lapping up Tom Brady. If Tom Brady was your quarterback tomorrow, you'd forget Tua Tonga Viola and his falling lessons. You'd forget about him in a second. I'll clip that and email it to you. You can put it out on your Twitter account, <laughs> guys. I'll zoom. I'll zoom out of. Uh, I'll zoom in so we get. Yeah, so we don't have Drew. Drew's face in there, guys. Thanks, Crispin. <laughs> guys, <laughs> Crispin. Guys, we've reached the point of the night where this thing <laughs> has just come off the rails. As it usually does. Nate, and I feel like that's why you enjoy doing this. Yeah, that's why I come back. Like we do this every year, and it always falls apart. Yeah, we got you're the thing. I didn't put I didn't put any bets on it this year. I don't have any. I don't really have a hot take for drinks later. (laughs) Here's what I'll say. I don't have a. I don't have a. uh, Isaiah Hodgins is going to be better than Gabe Davis. Well, yeah, you. Which, by the way. Yeah, no, it is. No, I'm not going to lie. We crucified we crucified you for that. Got some legs. And now look at you. You're, you're alive. Like, from the grave. You can't. It's, it's amazing. I love it. I can't wait till we get back together and do this next year. Nate, go take a break. You've earned it. I'm going to go to Florida. I'm gonna, uh-huh. Actually, I'm going to check into my flight right now. The Boca Vista? Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. The Vista. Pretty much. Guys. Oh, C-19 boarding position. Oh. <laughs> oh, God. Hashtag first world problems. Oh. Guys, I love the fact that you guys show up for this each and every week. 
Don't worry, throughout the offseason, we have a ton of nonsense to bore you with or entertain you with, depending on how drunk I get and how I can't pronounce names. Fuck you, Nate. <laughs> Fuck you like you've always Thanks, said all right. Nabe. It's been, it's been, th- Nabe. Thanks for coming on the posca- podcast, Nabe. Nabe. <laughs> Guys, we got to get out of here. I'm Drew Gear. That's Chris Krueger. That's Nathan Geary. <laughs> and this has been your Rock Pile Report. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.